Oh, welcome everybody to the Sports Predictor Podcast. I'm your host, Al Walsh. We're brought to you by SportsPredictor.com, where professional bettors share their best plays. Get the winning edge by subscribing to the Sports Picks packages from long-term winning bettors. Once again, that's SportsPredictor.com. Also, make sure you follow us on Twitter at PredictorHQ. Once again, on Twitter at Predictor HQ. Today, our guest, back for the second time, Stephen, uh, a.k.a. MVP, who got those most valuable projections. You can find Stephen on Twitter at FastBreakBets. So, uh, Stephen, I know this is your second time here on the pod. Uh, you know, actually, I remember you were the, the second ever guest that we had here on the Sports Predictor podcast. So, uh, how's everything and uh, any, any big changes since then? Things are great. Um, you know, since then, I think we talked... Uh, end of August. So finished off the MLB season real strong for sports predictor subscribers. Uh, I think we're up just over 20 units there. So real strong September. Um, same goes for WNBA. We talked a bit about that. Um, got a bit more selective there down the home stretch, but finished off with uh, just under 10 units, one there to finish off September for uh, the WNBA. And now we're fully into football, both college and NFL. And then, you know, as we we're talking about today, we're prepping for NBA too. Very cool. Very cool. That's right. We are talking about NBA. We got the season tipping off on Tuesday night. Uh, nice little entertaining doubleheader for the people. And then uh, Wednesday night is really when it gets kicked off. So, um, you know, I know that you have a predictive analysis model uh, that's worked well for you in a number of different sports. Uh, what's that going to look like with, with all the roster turnover that we've seen so far uh, in the offseason for NBA? Yeah, it was definitely a wild offseason, uh, just trying to keep up with all those moves and see how all those teams are going to fit together. But for me, you know, not much changes. Um, I don't dive in right away with using my model per se in the first few weeks of the season. Uh, typically, I wait until about mid-November to really fully use those projections uh, just so, you know, I have the current season data to have a good idea for each team, you know, what kind of minutes each player is getting, rotations, things like that. Um, so the first few weeks is a bit more of an art than a science for me, just trying to really dissect, uh, you know, what coaches strategies are going to employ, um, like I said, which players are going to be out when. So, um, you know, like, like I said, those first few weeks are much more, you know, I'll use preliminary projections from prior seasons, but, um, you know, we really wait until mid November to really get into high gear. So do you find now, is that just because of all the turnover, you know, that you're going to take that approach this go around, or do you find that to be the, the same with a lot of different sports where you kind of need a month to see how everything's going to go? It depends on the sport. Um, so for baseball, you know, I get going right away. I have a really good projection system for that. Um, but I found for football and basketball, it just seems to be better to really have a good idea which kind of team each um each is going to look like. So I like to just kind of gather, like I said, gather some data for the current season in addition to uh, the priors that I have in place for each player. So like I said, just knowing who's playing when, what the rotations look like, what the usage rates are, um, it really seems to matter more for basketball, which makes sense because baseball lineups are more set. You know who's going to play each day where basketball, it's much more fluid. Definitely, definitely. So in terms of pace of play, you know, maybe some betting tips uh, for the people that could, uh, you know, pick up on some things. Anything that you were able to take away from uh, the, you know, the amount of preseason games that we've seen so far? Um, yeah, and just not even on preseason, but, you know, last year was definitely a 
big standout year as far as pace really exploding upwards. And it looks like from the preseason, uh, that trend is going to continue. Um, being a numbers guy, I don't watch too much preseason, especially with football and MLB playoffs going on. I really like to tune into that more, but I do dive into the box scores and see, you know, who's playing and what kind of numbers everyone is putting up. And, you know, pace is definitely up there. It's, you don't take it, you know, like a one by one basis. Um, you know, it's a bit more of a looser game in preseason as those scores would indicate, but, um, you know, definitely a trend that looks like it's still on the up. Um, a little note specifically for a team. Um, I know, um, we'll get into it a bit more, um, later on, but, but not just each one team specifically, but the league as a whole, um, had been trending up about a pace or a possession per game for a while, but then it jumped up, uh, three to 100 flat, uh, possessions per game on average. So it looks like that trend is continuing. Now, you know, we did talk about the pace right there, uh, you know, briefly, but, you know, in terms of single game bets early on this season, uh, any other things, maybe like some different rule changes, anything else that uh, some of these betters should be cognizant about going into opening week? There's nothing big. Um, I know there is um, a coaching challenge that is being implemented this year. So um, that's going to kind of factor in. Exactly. (laughs) The good thing the NBA is doing right, though, about this is that it's going to cost the team time a timeout no matter what. So it's not adding a timeout, at least. Uh, But it's kind of weird how it can penalize a team, um, whether they get it right or not. They just get that one challenge. So, you know, it's a mixed bag, as it always is. But we'll see. Hopefully that helps with officiating down the road. But, um, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see that. Um, but a tip I would say as far as single game betting goes, especially with the season just tipping off, you got to remember, just like baseball, it's a very long season. Um, like I said, personally, I'll wait out a good, you know, I'm not going to, I'll still have some plays through the first few weeks, but I really don't get going until we're about 20% into the season. And you still have four months of basketball still to bet. So really pace yourself. Um, and like I said, just not to, um, get you hung up on pace there, but, uh, that pace league trend is still going on. It looks like, so that's really important to consider for totals and for sides, because, you know, the more possessions a certain team gets, um, the wider that spread might be if they're much better than their opponent. So, um, I'd keep those two in mind. So this is probably, I know you might not have a an exact answer for this one, and it might even be a question for more down the line. But uh, you know, since we have so many teams that can theoretically win the title this season, you know, we've got your your Lakers, your Clippers. I mean, hell, if you even want to throw the Warriors in there, Bucks, Sixers. I mean, it's just not it's not as predetermined as years past uh, in terms of who's going to win the title this year. Um, how do, how do you kind of incorporate that into your betting? Yeah, you know, it's definitely going to be a fun year with it being much more wide open. Um, it doesn't change too much for me until later on in the season. Um, my model will still rate teams and players as it has in the past to originate a line and compare it to what's available and, you know, see where the value is. But later on, you know, with that more of a wide open race in both conferences, it's going to set up for much more situational angles down the road for both playoff positioning and draft positioning. So, um, that's something to keep in mind as we get into February and March, you know, after the all-star break, we'll, you know, try to get more into situational items where, you know, we'll look at a schedule and see 
what teams are coming up, you know, where um, they might try to line up in the playoffs or, you know, we'll always have taking the NBA. They adjusted the rules for that a bit for the lottery, but it's still going to happen with those bottom tier teams. So um, we'll have to look for that as well. Oh, just so good that the team that I, you know, my boys have to share the city with, you know, the Knicks were not rewarded for their, for their tanking last year. So Definitely, definitely great to see that. You you gotta love you gotta love the lottery selection from last season. Um, oh yeah. Kind of kind of to piggyback off of what you were just saying there. Um, you know, just with the wide open nature of the league, what what do you think? You know, these races for the the one seeds is gonna look like, right? Like we've, you know, it's interesting with the Lakers, right? And actually, the Lakers and the Clippers because they get that one seed. And, you know, let's say these two end up playing each other in the Western Conference Finals, which I think would just blow everyone's mind. Uh, You know, the home court advantage might not matter that much. But for some of these teams like Houston, uh, who I should have mentioned on that team uh, as uh, on that list of teams with the wide open nature of the league. But do you feel like we're going to see teams, you know, try to go for that one? seed? I guess this would probably apply more in the East. Or do you think that, I don't know, like, have we seen that seeding really doesn't matter as much in past years? Yeah, you know, home court will always matter in playoffs, especially in basketball. So, um, you know, I do think many teams will still, you know, shoot for that top seed if they can. Um, It's still a balance of, you know, wrestling players and fighting for a playoff position uh, once we get to March and April. So it's a delicate balance there. But I do think, you know, like you mentioned, definitely Clippers and Lakers have, some high uh, expectations there along with the Rockets. Uh, but in the West, I do also like Utah quite a bit. Um, they were one of the top teams last year. I think they're fourth in net rating overall, um, which is kind of a quasi basic uh, rating system you can use just to see how each team ranks up. Um, really strong defense. And then they are adding on uh, Mike Conley and Bogdanovich. I mean, that's going to be one solid team out there in Utah and just, you know, they'll always have that home court advantage at the elevation they're at. So um, that's a team to watch out for, too, I'd say, in that race. And then, like you said, in the East, it is a bit of a two-horse race there with Milwaukee and Philadelphia. But Boston might make a push there, too, as well. I think that I do like their change to Kemba Walker, um, switching out Kyrie Irving there. I do think that's just going to be a much better fit for that team. So, yeah, it's going to be exciting in both conferences for the first time in a while. So, you know, we kind of talked a little bit about it there, but, you know, got to gotta ask these last two questions because, you know, there's definitely, uh, I think, you know, we could find some sneaky uh, sneaky value here. But um, looking at the NBA title odds that now, again, I, I shot you over the uh, the odds from FanDuel Sportsbook over there. Any teams that you feel like are, uh, are a nice bet to win the title there at their given number? Yeah, you know, I did just touch on Utah. I do like them um, for the reasons I just stated there. Um, they do have a good price over at FanDuel of I think plus seventeen hundred there. Um, By the way, was the last time the Utah Jazz won the NBA Finals in Celtic Pride? You know, I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> but um, just looking at the other future markets there, um, you know, they're they have the highest win total. Um, their second highest right behind the Clippers there right now. Clippers are sitting at 54 and a half at Chris and Utah is at 53 and a half. So that's kind of a good measure to see, you know, where the true um, ranking might fall. So um, they have a great shot at either that one or two seed and who knows what can happen in the playoffs. And 
like I said, that team is really deep. They have great talent with Donovan Mitchell leading, and now he's got some help with Mike Conley. So that's a team I really have liked for a few years now with their style. But now that they got some more star power to, you know, support that um, star cast they have there, it's going to be pretty exciting to watch. And then, like I said, too, Boston is always, you know, could be that third horse in the Eastern race there. Um, their win total sitting at 50, so a bit behind where Milwaukee's at in 55, Philly is at 54 and a half. So um, the win totals market not as friendly there for Boston, but I do think that um, addition of Kemba Walker and then I think they have Enos Cancer coming in too. So I think that team, as they were constructed over the offseason, can do some damage as well. All right, let's um let's take a look at maybe not some of the teams that we would consider NBA title contenders, but maybe teams look, that are going to be on that playoff borderline. Uh any teams that you're that you're higher or lower on since we last talked? Um you know, I think Denver is also an interesting team. Um like I said, they're pretty close. They're similar in Utah sense. Um, you know, really talented team, good home court advantage there in Denver as well. And, you know, with that wide open West, I think, um, it's going to be cool to see Utah and Denver really get more attention now that the attention is kind of fading out of Golden State. But then again, Los Angeles has yeah. their two big headed monsters make... out there too. So yeah, we'll I was going to say about the that. two, uh, the two highest altitude teams in the NBA there, Denver and Utah. That's right. They do have that travel advantage typically. Um, and then I did just see today, um, Victor Olandipo is, I think, ahead of schedule and he's going to be, uh-huh. he's approved for five on five in practice, right? Uh, as of today. So, um, that could be a sneaky team in the East as well if he comes back ahead of schedule. What about, uh, some teams that you're not so big on? Um, I mean, this is an obvious one, but Charlotte is just going to be pretty <laughs> hot garbage this season. Um, losing Kemba is a huge loss for them. Um, I mean, they'll have one bright spot. I think Miles Bridges could have a good, a nice uh, season here coming up, but that might be the only one for that team. Um, and then, you know, same with the uh, Wizards, too. Um, I'm not really sure what that team is up to right now. Um, you know, they traded Otto Porter over to Chicago and now they just have this John Wall and Bradley Beal deal still that doesn't seem like it's going to, you know, finish off on a high note. So yeah. um, those are two teams I would definitely avoid backing until we see, um, you know, what what they're trying to do. If they're just going to tank the whole season or if they're going to try in the first few months, um, you know, I'd be cautious with those two. You know, I I didn't have it here on the notes, but I definitely want to ask you about one team uh, now that I'm looking at their their title odds, uh, the Miami Heat, who are actually at plus 6,500 now. I looked at this team, you know, when they constructed it uh, in the offseason, like, all right, great. You got Jimmy Butler. That's, you know, that's fantastic. What are you going to do with that? Uh, You know, in other areas, again, they lost Whiteside, but they did. um, Who is it? Miles Leonard they picked up from Portland, correct? Yeah, that's right. And, um, you know, we're starting to see Tyler Hero play very nice in the preseason, uh, you know, got into a little bit of a skirmish there with MCW the other night. So what do, what do you make of this team? Playoffs or no for the Heat? Um, you know, that was a team I considered talking about as well. Um, I think they will be, you know, lower tier playoffs for the Eastern Conference. Um, I love Jimmy Butler. I'm a from Chicago Bulls fan and loved him when he was here. Um 
you know, you kind of takes on that asshole role every now and then. Um, but you know, he's, he's, (laughs) he's a hard worker though. I mean, he works his butt off. Um, he makes everyone else work harder. So, um, you know, I remember, I think I saw, who was it? Um, Embiid say when he was in Philly that, you know, he's like a brother to him. So he's, you know, teammates love him. At least that's what we're told through the media. So, um, I think, you know, that team definitely has potential. Spolstra is a solid coach. He's proven that throughout the years. Um, there's some good support players for Butler there. So um, I wouldn't mind a flyer on them just to at least, you know, play with later on. Sure. Yeah, it's interesting, too, with Jimmy Butler. You know, you know all the bad things he had to say about Andrew Wiggins and Carl Anthony Towns there in Minnesota. I mean, he can't stop saying enough good things about Tyler Hero. I'm like, Jimmy, you are right, bro. Or maybe maybe it's just the nice Miami weather that's making him a kinder person. That could be it. He might have been a little bitter up in Minnesota. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, come on, you got to wear winter jackets. That ain't right. That ain't right. Um, all right, let's um, let's close this off here. Let's tell the sports predictors, uh, customers what they're going to be expecting from your content this season, how many picks, how many days, all that kind of good stuff. Yeah, like I said, I'll typically start the NBA season pretty light, you know, one to two plays a day, depending on the schedule. Um, That first month, you know, those plays will come out later in the day, 5, 6 p.m. Eastern time, just so I can, like I said, it's more of an art than a science. Then I'm really, you know, digging into those rotations and seeing what, you know, coaches are saying, what players are saying regarding, you know, what kind of style they're going to come out with and, you know, compare all the matchups. But then we really get going. Uh, mid-November with, you know, my projections are, you know, much more, um, you know, solid then. So, you know, at that point, we'll have 15, 20 plays a week uh, for both mostly sides and money lines and then a few totals as well. Um, And those will be coming out each morning once we hit that mid-November mark, like I talked about earlier. Um, And yeah, like the the smile has been really solid, Uh, 58% on sides, 57% on totals the last two seasons. So, Really looking forward to this NBA season. And like I said, it's one of the most exciting seasons we've had for a while. So it's really going to be fun to watch. Yes, indeed. All right, folks. Uh, this was Steven from MVP, uh, Most Valuable Projections. Make sure you find him on Twitter at FastBreakBets. Uh, also, you can find us on SportsPredictor.com. Uh, you know, again, you're going to find all these unbelievable packages from all these different professional bettors, just like Steven himself. Uh, any uh, any closing thoughts uh, before we head out for the day? Uh, no, you know, we're like I said, um, I'm on Sports Predictor. You know, we cover in football as well. If you need college football and NFL, uh, otherwise, you know, we'll start be starting NBA on October 22nd. All right, folks. Once again, SportsPredictor.com. Keep it locked in. We got a lot more basketball podcasts coming up, so certainly be tuned into those. And also check us out on Twitter at PredictorHQ. We'll see you next time.